Welcome to TWW, The Weekly Wheel, where each week the Dharma Wheel rolls and delivers you new content available anywhere at any time in your everyday life. We present a mindfulness service, which has three components. First, meditation. And then we meditate with sound through chanting. You can have your mind wander when you sit in silence, but it's very difficult to wander as you chant. You need to focus on the next character, on your breathing, on the next line. And if you pat yourself on the back too much or become too self-aware, you'll miss a line. And then lastly, we have something called active listening, where we lean into and really listen to the Dharma talk given by our senseis. You could think of silent meditation and sound meditation through chanting as preparatory to get our minds focused and open and clear so we can really listen clearly and really take in the Dharma. And in a sense, it perfumes the mind. The mind is slowly changed as it hears new points of view, new perspectives, and new approaches to dealing with life. It's set up much like an in-person service. It's led, moderated by multiple voices. So you get a variety of opinions, a variety of, of perspectives as you go on your journey. So I hope you will join us now for this mindfulness service presented to you by the people at The Weekly Wheel and the Orange County Buddhist Church. Thank you so much. We will now have seated meditation. Take a moment to see that your back is straight and centered with your shoulders relaxed. If you're in a chair, it's best to sit forward slightly rather than leaning on the chair back and keep your feet flat on the floor. Try keeping your eyes half open, resting the gaze gently downward, without focusing on anything in particular. In the same way, be open to whatever sounds are coming into your ears, whether from inside the room or outdoors. We are not trying to isolate ourselves from the world around us, but rather feel that we're part of that world. If you like, you may count your breaths from one to ten. Inhale deeply, let it all out. Try slowing down your rate of breathing relative to what it would be at other times. We are not trying to think about anything in particular or visualize anything. We simply watch our thoughts come and go.
Please put your hands together in gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 You may stretch your legs and then please stand. We will now have our standing meditation session. Your upper body is in the same position as for sitting meditation. Straight head and spine, shoulders back, eyes half open, hands comfortably positioned in front. Legs should be shoulder width apart with knees slightly bent. Again, rock forward and backward and side to side to find your center. Standing meditation reminds us to take our meditation practice out into the world, waiting in line at the store, being stuck in traffic, going through TSA security at the airport. Over time, meditation becomes a practice for the body and mind that can be recalled when needed most in situations that may be merely annoying, perhaps frustrating, or even stressful. We will begin at the sound of the bell.
Please put your hands together in gasho and bow. Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz. Return to your seat or cushion. Sitting in this way, we might wonder what purpose we are achieving. Actually, there is no specific purpose. I think it's really to make us aware of what sitting is, what breathing is, standing is. What are these simple activities that we do most of the time without thinking about them at all? We'll begin our second sitting at the bell.
Please put your hands together in gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 We will begin uh, sutra chanting. Sutra chanting is actually a portion of a sutra that we will chant. Uh, most sutras are far too long to be able to chant in one sitting. So for us, uh, we're usually chanting a verse out of a longer narrative or prose. And that's why uh, each line consists of perhaps four or five or seven characters. When we chant, we read from left to right, just like in English, and we move down the first column, and then we move to the second column, and so on. Open circles uh, represent bells uh, for the chant leader to ring. So we always begin a sutra chant with two bells. Whenever we change a section, we use one bell to kind of signal that we're changing uh, from one section to another. And then when you end a sutra chant, you always end with three bells. Each syllable here is written in Romanized characters, English characters, and each syllable here represents a kanji, a Chinese character, and it's written phonetically. It's the sound of the character. The vowels have the same pronunciation independent of location or their neighbor. So this is different from English. And the vowel sounds, uh, I've been told, resemble those in Spanish. So we have A, E, I, O, and U. And they're pronounced A, E, E, O, and U. And then uh, you'll see uh, italicized lines. Uh, those are leader lines that I chant alone. And you will also see underlines under some of the characters. And that means that rather than each character getting a single beat, an underlying character will get a beat and a half. And to kind of make up that little extra time, the next character in line will only get a half beat. And what you do is you don't really concern yourself too much about the meaning of what's being chanted. This isn't flashcards. We're not trying to learn something. This is a ritual. And so we chant together as a feeling of oneness. Don't worry too much about how you're doing. Be aware and mindful of each character. Uh, this is a form of meditation. Uh, rather than silent meditation, we're meditating through sound. So, you know, you see the character, you say it, you forget about it, you move on, and you say the next character. And over time, it becomes effortless, and you'll begin to memorize it uh, without realizing it. We will now chant the Junidai found on page 49. Junidai or 12 verses of reverence, originated in the Mahayana tradition of India during the time of the Pure Land Master Nagarjuna, around 150 CE. The verses were later translated into the Chinese text that we chant today. Like the larger sutra and the Amida sutra, the text of Junidai describes the spiritual qualities of Amida and the Pure Land using poetic language. Please read the translation of the Junidai found on page 51, which describes in detail what the 12 verses of reverence actually means. We will now chant the Junidai. Amida 
Oh. 
Please put your hands together in Gasho and bow. Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts, Namo Amida Buts. Hello, everyone. My name is Julie Robertson, Minister's Assistant at Vista Buddhist Temple. Today, I would like to speak on the topic of hearing the call of the Nambutsu. There's just something about the age of 35, right? Siddhartha Gautama became enlightened at the age of 35 after years of seeking without truly finding. I can't claim enlightenment, but I am at least gratefully able to recognize pivotal moments and chew on slippery ideas until I finally understand them. And this, I think, is the essence of Jodo Shinshu practice. When I was 35, I traveled solo to Cambodia to run a half marathon through Angkor Wat. Visiting Angkor Wat was the culmination of a dream born some 15 years previous during college. I added the half marathon as a why not decision based merely on the fact the event was happening when I already planned to be there, not because I had any grand illusions of becoming an international athlete. I did indeed finish the race and have the medal to prove it, However, I got a lot more than I bargained for. 
I contracted cholera from contaminated bottled water and started getting sick before my tuk-tuk even got me back to my hotel. I lost 17 pounds in three days, started going into organ failure, and remember laying on the bed thinking quite calmly, this is it, I'm going to die. Of course, since I'm here speaking to you today, I clearly didn't die. I did, however, become a minor celebrity at a Kaiser hospital upon my return. They'd never seen someone in my condition still able to move under their own power. Once out of the hospital, I had someone stay with me for the first night because I couldn't physically take care of myself. That person was neither Buddhist nor particularly religious in any sense. However, in the wee hours of the night, he spontaneously uttered the Nembutsu, Namo Amirabutsu, conceded that he didn't know what it meant or why he said it or even where he'd heard it before. Shortly thereafter, he thought I died in my sleep because I apparently stopped breathing. Of course, I didn't die then either. However, every fiber of my being then latched on to the idea that there must be some significance in a person spontaneously reciting the Nimbutsu when someone else is on the brink of death. And I just had to understand that significance. I scoured obscure academic journals. I exchanged emails with the ordained ministers I knew. I attended any number of seminars and talked to people afterward. Nothing made sense. Nothing felt right. I couldn't figure it out. And I also couldn't let it go. It took me a few years of chewing on it alone, but I eventually found my way back to a wonderful sangha. Perhaps a year or two after that, while listening to a talk by Dr. Nobuo Haneda, I finally understood that it wasn't the spontaneous utterance that was significant. The significance was in the fact that I truly heard and recognized the call of the Nimbutsu. It would not be an exaggeration if I said the Nimbutsu transformed me. I made a 180 degree course change as a result of what I heard. Not in one great leap, but little by little, over years of seeking and not quite finding, until all at once, it found me. Namo Amirabutsu. Namo Amirabutsu. Namo Amirabutsu. Today's program was presented and produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church. This podcast is copyrighted 2022 by the Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, all rights reserved.